This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! I'm now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Ladder and James Boyd. Thank you for listening. Social Suplex.com, BWB, what's up? Welcome to the April 26th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? I'm just trying to figure out what took you so damn long to find the date. Like it's on your phone. That well, yeah, I didn't have my phone in my hand. I was looking at the. What are you the looking bottom. You flipping pages on the calendar? No, no, <laughs> it was on the uh, the the bottom of the MacBook Air, and uh, the bottom there's the little number on the date. And I'm like, hold on, man, I'm getting old, bro. I just, I just like, I just had to squint damn near to uh, you know, the eyesight of the vision is going. You know, hopefully that might help me with this WWE shit that's been uh, going on lately, though. Um, joining us today, though. I hope that you turn blind. I mean, look, I wouldn't have to see this shit. Look, man, you look. If you want to pretend like you ain't got to watch it, just don't watch it. Or you can go to Stevie Wonder route. I mean, and pretend you and pretend you can't see when you really can't. I mean, that's really that's up to you how you want to handle that. <laughs> joining us is our. Uh... <laughs> Frequent guests on the show, uh, uh, Simon Cotton from SportsKeeda.com, the Sportster, and uh, also a member of the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. Simon, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, everything's been going all right. Uh, about to graduate in the next couple of days. So, uh, Congratulations. Congratulations, man. Thank you. How you guys been? Pretty good, man. Just... I've been, uh, I've been doing great. I have missed the last two weeks of uh, WWE television to watch the NBA playoffs. And uh, as I said off air, judging by some of y'all uh, comments and uh, the thread in the group, I-, I feel like I came out a winner. Who really won, Rich? Who really won? Man, <laughs> yeah, that's a compelling argument, James. Uh, so we um, are just going to get right to it. Um, the we, we didn't do a show last week. Uh, scheduling on top of you know, multiple things. So, um, Jinder Mahal is the number one contender for the WWE Championship. How in the fuck <laughs> did they ever make this decision? Uh, well, to quote what culture, Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've all known that about him, though. <laughs> all right. Well, well, apparently it's getting worse. All right. So, like, in my opinion, there's never been a bigger scrub to ever challenge for the world title on a pay-per-view. Uh, they went ahead and had him beat Sami Zayn uh, to seal that title shot. Zayn isn't the tipping point here, which, you know, I, I most of those that are against this would say, oh, you guys are mad that it wasn't Sami Zayn. I don't think Sami Zayn was, like, on that path to being, you know, a championship contender anyway at the moment. I thought... 
Call me crazy, but I actually was a little irritated by that. You got, and I'm not even this big fan of him. It's just like, okay, SmackDown, Land of Opportunity. We're gonna, Sami Zayn was probably gonna be fine on Monday Night Raw. You know, okay, but they bring him to SmackDown, so I'm thinking, okay, he's gonna do something, and it's Jinder Mahal who gets the first shot. Yeah. Well, this is this is what I'll say. I I think they are at a point now where they are, when they have, I think. You know, WWE when they pick and choose the guys they want to be the top babyface champion or whatever, and they're and they're not as strong as they should be. I feel like almost like they instead of picking a Kevin Owens or a Bray Wyatt who want to get the guy they want over over, like they reach to the bag and they pull out in case of mercy a Sheamus like when they did Roman Reigns. It's uh, not bringing and, it up. And this is and this is more of the ilk of. They have a heel who nobody's getting behind to cheer or cheer for, even sarcastically. If, and they're still just gonna go along with, and they'll just you know, and they hopefully that the fact that they hate this guy so much, not the fact that he has go away heat or he's not actually over. He's just a guy that we boo because we don't want him on our screen. It's an avatar for the, the company. Over, it's redundant, but it's they a- just say we're gonna go ahead with this guy, so we leave you with no other choice but to cheer this guy. We, this is our this is our great booking idea, huh? Right, right. It's like, nah, bro. This ain't this. That's not the Heaney Streets. No. Um, and I have a message for everyone that says, well, you know, this is getting everyone talking. You're right. Everyone is talking. <laughs> but what the fuck <laughs> is everyone actually saying? What the hell type of argument is that? This that's that's that Vince Russo shit. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I just you know this guy. You know, no offense to Jinder Mahal and. You know, how hard he's worked and being the gym and all that. Obviously, this, this stuff is predetermined. But when they literally take a guy and totally skip the storytelling process as far as, like, a build, like, wouldn't this been, have been so much better if General Mahal spent the summer killing guys and then putting his group together with all these guys and then it's like, wow, that man gets a title shot and it's just not out of left field like that while he's come back to the company, been a complete jobber, been embarrassed by Gronk several times, uh, been the lower half of uh, a thrown-together tag team with Rusev, still lost in three minutes to Finn Balor, lost in three minutes to Sami Zayn, lost in two minutes to Mojo Raleigh. What are we doing here? We're watching the downfall of the WWE Championship. Oh, yes. The WWE Championship, ever since it's come off John Cena. 2017 is not the year for this title. <laughs> this this title is in serious disarray. Um, thank God all the tickets to that to that um, pay-per-view were already sold. Uh, but I'm sorry, Simon. You know, that show is in your hometown of Chicago. I hope Chicago, like, like I feel like this match is going to drown in CM Punk, Punk chants. I, I I considered going to that show initially, and then I remember seeing Jinder Mahal become number one contender. And I was like, you know what? I can skip this one. Yeah, and then there's a there's the argument, you know, that uh, well, not really an argument. It's a it's a fact now that WWE has the business expansion into India. And Simon, me and you both have uh, relationships with SportsKeeda.com, and they they are um, basically. It's it's really split among the writers uh, that that and the guys that work there. I don't know. I see, a, I see a lot more people not in favor of this. Yeah, <laughs> from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing. I'd say it's about if anything, it's like sixty forty. Uh, 
little bit more on the negative side of okay, we don't approve of this just because he's Indian, right? And like, I I wish I could like uh, I, like get an Anaru. That time difference is crazy. Like it like <laughs> trying to uh, contact some of those guys. So um, the um, the whole deal with it is WWE's business expansion to India is going to become a battleground uh, for rights fees after the UK. Um, they are thinking they need an Indian star to go in that market when, you know, I feel like it would be much more useful for that guy to be a babyface rather than to have him when my biggest problem with the, with the whole gimmick is it's nothing more than a tired anti-American shtick that isn't really Jinder Mahal saying my country is better than the USA. He's, he didn't say that once. You know, he pretty much just said, you know, you people don't like me because I speak a different language. And it peels back like the sad truth is that for a large majority of the people, that's right. The rest of us just think he's a job guy. And it's just like, why the fuck are you here on my screen as a number one contender? (laughs) And I just have a real problem with like the them making us boo diversity. Like, the word diversity, in a sense, and it's just like, it's well, feels, it that, feels so lazy. Vince has, to do a favor. Vince has to do a favor for Trump, so I guess this is it. Well, well, okay, so my question is, is that any different than when they, like, they they, they put all of the stuff on Stephanie of uh, being a, a female boss and, uh, and talking about, like, being a powerful, strong, independent woman or whatever? Like, it's like the same thing where, like, it's almost like, okay, those are things you're supposed to, that we're supposed to, as a society, value, right? But they're so cognizant of the fact that, like, they know that their fan base will boo that shit. Like, that they play into it as cheap heat. Yeah. And then, like, that's just, I've always always thought of that as just, like, that shit's so lazy. Well, that, that, that describes the WWE for the past couple of months, yeah. Um, Years actually, and with the with it, aside, history as a company, but aside from the <laughs> fact that Orton versus Mahal isn't going to light the world on fire in the ring, um, I what 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 is it with everyone? Like, why are there so many staunch defenders of this? You think, uh, Simon? Because people of uh, what's the best way to put this? Okay, so when the brand split was revived in 2016. Uh, SmackDown was uh, SmackDown got more of its viewers back. People uh, line with the brand more because they liked the way that show was written. AJ Styles was a top star, fighting Dean Ambrose, John Cena, other thing. Good, good, good stuff going there. Mid card, you had the Miz doing his thing. Uh, tag team championship wasn't doing too much. The women's championship was was decent, but everything else, was, the other two stuff was like okay. For all of its slight negatives, it was more overwhelming positive because it was only two hours and they didn't have time for. They had no time to fuck around with it. Exactly. Do this with this. So we get, so we get to this uh, superstar shakeup, and SmackDown gets raided of everyone who was in, damn near everyone who was integral to the show, aside from AJ Styles, John Cena, Randy Orton. I, I didn't really want to count. Randy Orton has. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Randy Orton is integral to the show because. That Wyatt family feud hit rock bottom when Orton did his little uh, burning of the house thing. <laughs> I, I still disagree with it. I feel like they they didn't hit rock like 
they're, they didn't have any problems until they came out there and started doing all everything after after burning down the burning down of the house. Like everything, like the burning down of the house is fine and stuff. When you come back and as, as Jeremy says, you come back and you come and abduct the dude or whatever, you snatch him, and then you sing, you basically serenade him with song. Like what the fuck is that? <laughs> what up, and, then, and then you have the maggots and the bugs and all the red, the maggots and the crucifix, and it's like, look, this is. Like this is too look, and then you like, start putting shit on the paint or on the mat at WrestleMania. No, well, yeah, that's something with the maggots. Like this is like it, it just got they reached a crescendo, and then like everything, and then there was nothing behind it. And, like it was just like we 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 have nothing but bat for you after this. Yeah, and one second, but uh, but uh, immigrants said like okay, yeah, we get into 2017, and okay, uh, Bray Wyatt gets to be the gets his opportunity at being a top star because he uh, he wins the WWE Championship because we all know that works for everyone, right? Del Rio, Sheamus, and everyone else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, the Superstar Shake-Up happens, and they get rated basically everyone who doesn't who matters, ex- with the exception to AJ Styles, John Cena, mm. and like you said. Mm. But but uh, because Jinder Mahal, and I think the main reason people are getting behind it is because they see like some of the opportunities that people were given from the brand split. Like basically everybody who made who made himself a bigger name or got to shine a little bit more because of the opportunities given on SmackDown. AJ Styles, there's no telling whether he would have become a WWE champion as soon as he did if it wasn't for the brand split. The Miz with the Intercontinental Championship, there wouldn't have been as much time to focus on him as a mid carder were it not for him being on a separate brand. Right, he's still been a geek uh, secondary belt holder. Exactly. So the main reason people are defending this is because, well, one, I'm, I'm, one of the reasons I'm guessing is they haven't seen Jinder Mahal in a while. Because I was, ba- I basically, I pretty much remember everything about this guy for some reason, even though I he wasn't that special. I just, I would think, just recalling events or regarding him or storylines and stuff. I remember the, the first time I saw him like on SmackDown with some feud with the Great Khali, and I remember the little thing with 3MB and all that other stuff. So some people might just not be familiar with him. And yeah, he's been losing a few matches, but I guess since he, but the main reason, and this is the this is the big one, is SmackDown is a quote unquote land of opportunity. So it doesn't matter who's getting the opportunity, what their character is, what the storyline built up is, what the backstory is, what their momentum is like. It's the land of opportunity. So we're giving this guy an opportunity. You should be satisfied. It's not Roman Reigns. It's not so and so. Some a new guy is getting a shot. You should be appreciative of him because when they don't give you that, then you then you get mad. James, but there's a there's a gigantic okay so there is a gigantic like if it's, if this is if the either or is you're complaining that there's a they if if the place is we're, you're upset because there's Roman Reigns and there's Braun Strowman or whatever or there's Brock Lesnar and Goldberg on Raw and then on SmackDown we have all these other guys that are I, I guess now after the brand split are all effectively geeks and. They can all work really well, but they're all geeks and they're not over as stars. Like there is a like there is a, a bunch of exit ramps between those two options that they could have chose from. Um, me personally, after the split, I thought that they were keeping intact most of their core, and or, or especially compared to what they had when they first when the brand split first happened, and they were ahead of the game, like talent wise on paper. Just looking at it, what they had compared to. Um, the draft when it was so like to see that all of a sudden out of nowhere, like, okay, so you built 
Corbin for an entire year. Yep. Has no title to his name. No title to his name. He beat the Intercontinental Champion on the way out. And <laughs> nothing. He doesn't. He's not even. He's not even on TV to get the title. Corbin, he wasn't even on TV to even get the title shot. He was in the. Or he just U- wasn't in the match. He was. He wasn't in the match. Yeah, he's fighting. You think he's fighting AJ, right? Uh, yeah, and he fought AJ. Okay, that's stupid. Uh, you had Luke Harper. I think that's the craziest thing about this, like the fact that you got AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, people who people who have had who have been in the main events the past year, and they're in the mid card. And yeah, they're gonna be main eventers, quote unquote, because it's rumored that those that match is gonna main event backlash. He should though. But that's not. I understand that, but that's not the point. Yeah, I get you. Like it's it's almost like, but I mean, we. It's almost like they looked at what they did at, uh, at WrestleMania 31, where the plan was to put, um, like we have this young guy. Well, we can't even use this exact same parallel because Randy Orton ain't no young guy. But like we may, like we're making either Randy Orton, I'm sorry, we're either making Roman Reigns or uh, Seth Rollins a champion, and we don't know if this guy as a as a top flight guy can actually be the top draw on these on the road or whatever. So we're so to back help supplement that. We are going to make Daniel Bryan and John Cena the secondary champions, and we'll run it like we'll run it as like that way, and the same way. And it's like it's almost the same as that thing. Except it's like okay, so not only, but it's even worse because it's not that Randy Orton's the worst draw or worst draw with, as champion the Roman Reigns is. It's the fact that like you're in a feud where. Like historically, if you have a few, this one side, uh, a top few for the belt, this one side, and nobody's gonna buy your pay per view or tune in to, to see this shit come uh, come through and finish at the end. Mm-hmm. Like before, like the closest example of this, and me and Rich always uh, bring this up a lot uh, as an example for the network. This was based off the like year to year pay per view buys when they did the Survivor Series in 2011, when the main event was uh, uh, Miz and Truth, Miz and Truth versus The Rock and Cena. Yeah. And their buy rate was worse than the, the summer, Survivor Series year before, and they pretty much from that they put the heat on Miz. Like that's not heat on that should that should be put on Miz. That's a, that should be on your dumbass for thinking anybody would tune in to watch John fucking Cena and the fucking Rock fight <laughs> these two guys. <laughs> See, who, now, you think this, who would they, think that they would win? Right. It would have been one thing if it was like okay, it's a Survivor Series team, Team Rock, Team nope. Cena, or right, something. Right. But then you, or or if it was like, it's 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 crazy to think about that match. Cause like, first of all, I wouldn't even did that. Cause to hell with the buy rate. I'm saving the Rock's return to the ring for fucking WrestleMania where it counts. They probably could have got even higher buy rate. So they saved that his little return to the ring until WrestleMania 28. Cause him coming well, back in 2011, like they still. They, I mean, they still had that point had the greatest WrestleMania gate of all time. So, yeah, like, I mean, I, I can't, I can't kill saying, that much. Still saying, it's like, I, I'm not arguing, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know why they waste. It's like nobody's watching. People are watching this to see the Rock. That that was probably like one of their final like big Madison Square Garden shows. So maybe that that was it. That, uh, that was an event. So I forgot. I forgot where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. I think so. So um, yeah, yeah, it definitely was because they was chanting for Zack Ryder. What is that? What's back? And, uh, and, and we've heard so many parallels and comparisons to this whole thing. Like, oh, it could be like JBL. You know, JBL was a was in WWE for eight years. By that point, he was a multiple time 
tag team tag champion team. and was kind of a, you know, a Hall of legendary Fame tag team partner. Correct, correct. So like this is not the same as that. Um, I, I'm just also, baffled by, uh, by it. Hill was JBL was a hell of a lot better on the mic. Correct. Yeah, I don't know what that yes, is. Uh, Jinder Mahal was talking about the World WWE Championship. Like, I don't know what belt that is, but <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a little painful to hear that promo last night. Um, I I thought um, that like it, it's strange just seeing all the responses and, and justification for this. I'm like, man, if y'all y'all will ride this hard for Jinder Mahal, like, what won't y'all ride for in this case? Like. Man, this, so this is my point about that, right? So, I'm sure as 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 men that were once young boys, you know, growing up, you know, coming of age, that you got advice from, you know, brother like figures in your life, father like figures in your life, people that used to give me advice or whatever about how to talk to girls or whatever, that sort of thing. They used to tell you, you need to talk to them like this, you can dress like this, you gotta behave in such a manner, this, that, and to get girls. So, I had, um, when I was younger, I had somebody say to me, um, like, just be yourself, you know, people tell you, just be yourself. And then they, and you just think, oh, you roll your eyes, like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, but the person followed up by saying, just be yourself, because you know what girls like? And I'm sitting here silently, and I'm waiting for him to respond. Anything. They, they don't like anything. They don't like anything. And, 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 he didn't mean, and he didn't mean it as, like, girls or, you know, say something something sexist. He meant a form of, this the same thing for dudes. You, there, Ain't look, no there telling. There are plenty of dudes that you know that like, that look, that like, that like, uh, I ain't gonna get into it, but you get like all types of different types of all types yeah. of different types of ain't shades, no all different types of shades. Oh. You get like all types of different hairstyles. You get my point. Yeah. They liable to like anything. And men like liable to like anything. Girls or, or women are liable to like anything. These people that like this thing, these are people that are, these are part of that anything, anything. These are the people who will accept Chris Saban and Eric uh, Young as TNA World Champion back in 2013. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't even know watching that, but... You might as well be talking Spanish to me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it... it That's a whole I think I've, I think I've had enough of this gender uh, thing for this week, so we'll be back next week to talk more about gender. But, um, <laughs> WWE Payback uh, just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's a Raw show with uh, a couple SmackDown guys on the card. Um, they, it's been, you know... The first show after WrestleMania, um, a couple rematches on there, a couple new feuds. Um, I guess we can start uh, with that. Uh, there, oh, Finn Balor also uh, was concussed, and he's not on the card. He's on Miz TV. Oh, in the, in the, sorry, uh, we gotta go back. We gotta go back. We gotta okay. go back. We really skip that. So they reward General Hall a week after they concuss Finn Balor. Yeah. Yeah. A week after. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, you continue. We, we defended. Just, just, we we actually defended gender on this show uh, for that uh, thing, but at the same time, that's that would be like you know weird. Like, like all right, wow, you you just concussed somebody that you know we clearly saw value in. So I don't know. Um, we're getting and you, to, put him, and you put him in the ring with the guy that had his head split on by the shoot fighter, the three hundred pound shoot fighter. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, we're getting a match between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Um, I'm noticing a pattern here. Um, with these Roman Reigns feuds. Oh, I thought you were going to say Strowman match because he has a pattern now. I got Okay. With these Roman Reigns yeah, we'll feuds, there's oh, always my. some type of angle to take him off a of TV for weeks at a time where you don't have to see him, where you don't have to have that man eat up innings, you know, as we say, to do anything compelling yeah. at all, you know. Yeah. And this is yeah. it happens right after the Undertaker feud. This happens for this Braun Strowman feud. That happens for the Triple H feud last year. That happened for um, a great portion of his... What other feud was it? The Lesnar feud. Like, he he wasn't on TV every week um, carrying that. Uh-huh. No, I think he was. He just wasn't. He just wasn't doing anything in relation right. to building up his match. Right. Like they don't. They don't do things with him to to make him good. But uh, we saw Braun Strowman basically flip that motherfucker in an ambulance, uh, and that shit was possibly the greatest thing I've ever seen uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Amazing. This match, fan, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> this match um, comes on the heels like of all that. Braun Strowman loses a dumpster match to Kalisto um, on Monday Night Raw. Uh, dumpster match, gentlemen. Uh, can, before we get to the Reigns and Strowman thing, what okay, did you guys so, make of this shit? Well, I was under the impression that a dumpster match would end when you put the person in the dumpster and you close it. Yeah. So I mean, that's how it's always worked. Why would we think otherwise, Simon? I mean. Exactly. And I'm th- and the way they ended it, it was like, I, w- I was watching it, I was like, if you wanted one, you shouldn't have done this because Braun Strowman is rumored to be going to fight Bro- Brock Lesnar after this, and he's got a fucking loss to Kalisto, Sami Zayn, and Roman Reigns, all two of them because of stupid-ass stipulations. Second, you could have done a tables match to have this exact same result. So, so the fact that you just chose to use a dumpster, it would impl- yes, it implied that you were going to throw him off the stage, which he did, but he lost the match. So who gives a damn? Why would he even do that? It's like, okay, well, Braun Strowman needs to look... Okay, we got Braun Strowman going up against Roman Reigns, the guy he already lost to. Another and murdered decision. and murdered the uh, the other week, and Strowman was yeah, talking mur- about the the most over his- thing this year. He he got his heat back in, in epic fashion, and then he then he makes uh, light of the entire roster the week afterwards. So it's like okay, momentum, momentum. Fucking lost to Kalisto. James, what you got on no, this man? Okay, so. How, what flukish way did he end up in the dumpster? Okay, so James didn't watch a ton of the show, so we're gonna just gonna explain this. So basically, no, not a, not a ton of show. Uh, the last two this for this full disclosure for the people. The last two weeks of WWE television, I have only watched literally live. The only part I watched is the superplex that broke the ring. Yeah. That's so it. so check this out. So the match is basically Braun Strowman killing Kalisto for however amount of time. Uh, Braun Strowman mm-hmm. ends up on the apron. All right, you remember that Cody Rhodes and Big Show match? He dropped, kicked, he dropped, kicked him into the into the thing. <laughs> he dropped, kicked him in the knee, and then he fell both like both feet. He landed perfectly, standing up in the dumpster, and then they called the match. Like yes, Kalisto's the winner. After that, he choke slams Kalisto about four or five times. 
puts him in the dumpster, closes it, rolls it all the way up, like like it was Terry Funk and Cactus Jack on the inside. But there's like a two except, foot except drop. Like this, wait, but except, is it like a two foot drop instead of like a, a six foot drop? In a ridiculously small dumpster. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this I mean, that's what they you did. You won the fluke, and then he beat the hell out of him. I, I don't really. I mean, I get it. Like it's stupid that he lost, but. I mean, he killed the dude at the end. I don't think it hurt him, like, but I wouldn't even do that. Like, if you're content counting on this I being your either, big but match. Gonna, but I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. That's but something if he's going to destroy him, like, whatever. Like, that's something I would expect, like, from a Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn type of deal. Was like, okay, these two have this long-standing rivalry, and it's like, okay, we're going to settle it. Like, I think they did this, like, a couple... I think they did this last year, like, in the build-up to Battleground or something. They had this match on <laughs> this Raw. This is it. Zayn won something. And Owens got pissed, and he started try, he start trying to kick his ass. Like that works, because you're building to a match between those two guys later on. To do this with these two now, like okay, Braun Strowman killed him. He could have just killed him and not lose. Um, yeah. But Roman Reigns and Strowman are going to be fighting each other in a regular rules match. Wait, 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 wait. But there is one thing to talk about when it comes to these dumpster matches. Like, oh, what was that? Okay, so. Off air before we were talking, uh, we were talking sort of about this, and then he and then Sami had mentioned some point about like how they used to do dumpster matches back in the day or something. I thought it used to be like, as far as I remember, it used to be like you had to close it to win or something. Or like like it was effectively like a, a casket match with a dumpster, though. Right. Yes. Okay. So I remember. All right. So I think you're correct, but I I, I really want didn't actually want to talk about that. I just wanted to talk about uh, me and you about how like. I think we had did the uh, this is when we did the mailbag uh, podcast, Rich. This was like three weeks ago or whatever. Right. And somebody asked us about like the Attitude Era booking or whatever or something, and I was like, I don't think people realize like how like so how much better on a day to day basis like the shows are compared to now. Um, and then I think like a week or so ago, and I don't know, I, feel, I don't know if I feel like I'm no, ambushed or whatever. You mean now like, compared to then? I think now, the shows now are going to sense the base more better than than then. Like they might do bigger stuff better than now, but like on just like the show consistently for like segment to segment is better now. So, which ain't saying much, but um, I don't I don't, I don't feel like I ambush. I don't want to feel like I'm. I don't want you to feel like I'm ambushing you, side. But I remember you saying something like after that. This might have been a week later or whatever. Uh, you had said something online about how like they they book better back then than now, and I'm like. I don't, I don't see it. I just don't. And the reason, and one of the, and one of the perfect examples of when you brought that up, or, or, or you mentioned it, it came to mind immediately because I listen to these Raw Retro uh, podcasts from Brian and Vinny on uh, Observer Radio where they do, um, they review the Raws and Nitros from um, 19 years ago that particular week. So, they were, so we just got past the point where we just got done with WrestleMania 14, and they were talking about how the very next Monday, that uh, DX, or sorry, the New Age Outlaws got thrown into dumpsters and they lost their dumpster match against Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk, and Katniss Jack. And then you come back the next uh, the next night and it turns out that they said, actually, no. Yeah, throwing New the Age wrong Outlaws dumpsters. won by disqualification of dumpster match because those weren't the right dumpsters. 
<laughs> and I was just like, and I was just like, wait a second. So this is like the NBA where they got regulation size rims. Like any dumpster, no, 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 any old dumpster won't do. Ask nope. me. Specific dumpster. Wait, nah, bro. You threw, you threw them in recycling. You ain't throwing them in a, in a trash dumpster. You're right. not throwing them in trash. You threw them recycling. Bruh, what if they do that this Monday? <laughs> oh my god. They'd be like, yeah, that wasn't, you know, the right one, so y'all need to have another match. Different stipulation. Um, <laughs> Braun Strowman needs to defeat Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns defeats him, Braun Strowman is finished. Uh, they did this Herculean like effort with Strowman over the past month to rebuild him after he was a punk. Uh, in the presence of The Undertaker after he walked away from Brock Lesnar and for him to lose this match against Roman Reigns would be tragic. I think they need to get Strowman to the Universal title as fast as possible. I'm going to call, I like to call moments, I think I'm going to start referring to moments like these as the Bray Wyatt moments. Because <laughs> like those, 30, you know, where, where um, you must win but you lose anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have a I, I mean, you, you, can call it, you can call them any moments where nobody else made it. Like, you can call them Dolph Ziggler moments. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, you can call anybody. Back in the day, you could have called, called them Christian moments. Damn. Like, guys that, like, just barely, like, they, you know. Hell, you can even, even if you want to be positive about it, you can call, like, you know, an 18 seconds moment and talk about Daniel Bryan if you wanted to. Well, you see, that actually, that was a... That was on accident. That was they were not playing. I know. I know. I thought because it was. I, I watched. What happened? I, I, I paid for WrestleMania twenty eight. Uh, I, I I know. I always forget that uh, Central Time and uh, and uh, Pacific. I always get those mixed up right. a little bit. So I came into pay per view late. I think I was watching Randy Orton versus Kane. I'm like, oh, when, oh, the World Championship match is happening later. Blah blah blah. Sometime later down the line, eighteen seconds. Ain't no championship, man. Watch the re- watch the replay. Boom! One, two, three. Now I'm buried. Jesus Christ! Yes. Fuck. Yes. Uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt had a Bray Wyatt moment at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, but as but as far as Braun Strowman goes, he definitely needs to win this match, especially if he is going on to face Brock Lesnar at the next Raw pay per view. Which is supposed to be the next match lined up. It might not be this very one. It might be the one after whatever. Whenever Brock Lesnar comes back from his uh, from his also needed vacation, right? But, uh, Thirty day rules should be coming <laughs> up at any time. I, I was just about to say, you know, just about to say it's about a week away. You know, about you know, strip yeah. this man, you know, of this belt, you know. <laughs> J- J- that would actually be an interesting storyline. Yeah. Like, okay, bro, uh, Brock, we're not doing that shit we did last year. Oh uh, my god, you're not here. We're taking the title. And then he just, whenever he comes back, he just kicks ass. That would actually be interesting. That'd way be funny. To, like what? set up a few. My third day rule, man. Time. What you didn't hear? <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. What if they crown like an interim champion or something? Wouldn't that just be the most fake paper <laughs> bullshit you've ever seen? Oh God, listen. <laughs> as long as Triple H isn't the special guest referee, then it's fine. Because then I'm gonna have flashbacks from that SummerSlam 2011 thing. We've seen it in, in uh, CM Punk. <laughs> um, so, with Reigns and Strowman, James, what, what are you thinking about the uh, direction of this? I think this is way too soon to see Strowman back on TV. 
Um, like, this is a dude that got thrashed, put on the stretcher, got thrown off of a ledge onto concrete from the stretcher face first, then thrown into, and then put into the, the ambulance, the ambulance, and then had the ambulance literally, and then the dude hops on there on some, as you said, Rich, on some stone cold Bret Hart shit where he gums, <laughs> where he hops into the into the back of the ambulance to whoop his ass on the stretcher, oh, and, then he, and then he and then he further it, he flips over the stretcher, he flips over the, the the ambulance while he's still in the stretcher, so inside the ambulance, so like for me, and I think what was what was the alleged uh the, what was the work injuries that they had they said he had he had a separated shoulder and what bruised, else and broke uh, ribs internal injury bruised ribs and a separated shoulder. Yeah. Now last I checked, that would put most people on the shelf for at least a month and a, and a couple weeks. Well, like I, I wonder, like can we like and can we file like a kayfabe clash action or class action lawsuit against the like WWE medical staff? <laughs> <laughs> because like how safe. the fuck how the fuck did he possibly clear to wrestle after that in three weeks yeah <laughs> um, they, they gave him a z-pack <laughs> wow give him a z-pack <laughs> oh you're fine <sighs> um yeah not really too much on this matchup but you know the last time these guys faced off Reigns did get the victory um I don't, I don't want to see a fuck finish. I, I want to see a clean finish. But, you know, this isn't New Japan, so what am I expecting? Um, no, it's, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. What's that? Because it happens at every single other uh, Strowman match. He's going to be dominant. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna mow people over. He's going to whoop people's ass. Run into something. And he's going to come a point, And he's going to come to a point where he runs into something. <laughs> and he's gonna get knocked and out. And after, and then, and then from there, that sets up either the comeback or or the cutoff. And he goes back to whoops my ass until he runs into something else. And then that starts to come back. And then you go from there in your match. Formulas. That's the that's the that's the pattern for every single Braun Strowman match. That's interesting. Um, the one match that and we... once you see it, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't. One match that we we have no type of pattern or precedent or even rules for uh, is the House of Horrors match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. <laughs> oh my gosh! Have they explained what the fuck this is yet? No. You mean total stop deletion? No, we have no idea what this is going to be. There's speculation that there's going to be a pre-taped element of it, um, and then you know they, it's going to be ridiculous. Did they do? Did they do this with the new day and the Wyatt family just like a like last summer or right or yeah. last like Who knows early what early it's spring? Be. Yes, like no one which has is, any idea rip- what it's going to be. Which is a rip, which was a complete ripoff of uh, TNA, right? Which and, lets which you know like, this company when they're ripping off TNA, which is just more and more proof of like, dude, like name me the name Simon. You might have different eyes on it than me or Rich. Can you name me the compelling good? Bray Wyatt feud that, they, that has ever been aside from Daniel Bryan for that what month or three weeks? Hell, uh, I liked his feud with well, no, I only liked the one match at Hell in the Cell with him and Roman Reigns. Oh, and I guess the battleground was good, but the feud, the storyline was retarded, for lack of a better term. Like they started out hot with the whole thing, like he's quit, like he's gonna kidnap or do something to his daughter, and then they like drop it completely. Yeah, yeah. Ray, Ray was probably like, hey, <laughs> it, 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 it had promise, and it was like, oh, 
he could have did something with that. And also, like, they moved that thing to SmackDown, which you knew was, like, death. Death, no. At that time. Great. Yeah, great Bray Wyatt feuds. Don't exist. There's one. <laughs> there's yeah, one. That's part. There's one. As a, as a, as a individual wrestler, there's one. Like, if you want to say, like, including the Wyatt family, then there's two with them and the Shield. But that's it. Yeah. So I'll give him the two just to pad his resume a little bit. So but that's... But, but we're going. We're coming up on year four of, of like a full four years of him. Like come SummerSlam, it'll be four years since his first pay per view match. Unbelievable! And they're still running elements of the Wyatt family out here. Like this should lasted longer than the NWO. Like this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> so um, the NWO was over. Oh yeah, uh, it actually had compelling television. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, I understood their promos. This is not for the Thank WWE you. Championship. You know, Jinder Mahal stole the title, James. I don't know. We filled you in on that. Uh, he stole yeah, the title like from great. Randy Orton and, and busted off in a rented limo at the end of it. Similar to when the great Khali uh, took the title from John Cena in 2007. But that's just a simple comparison. Yeah. Nothing okay. to be. Unbelievable. So, um, what are our... So now, so now we can add Bray Wyatt to list the guys that never got their title rematch? Yeah. Yep. Essentially, so what's, what's that? What's that like? Sixty now? Oh, there's a lot of guys. So I'm like, a I, lot of guys. I only count from when I like started, like, out, like just for fun. It's like back down the rabbit hole, right? Huh? It's like you you started it, it dated back to 2013, right? Yeah, it went back from like when Rock lost it, like lost at WrestleMania 29 to say that never got his title shot. And I just went from there. Like, so I can add that to the list now. Unbelievable. Um, what are expectations uh, for this match? Because I feel like they're buried in the floor somewhere. So do, do they have, like, it has to be better than that, right? I've seen these men interact, wrestle on two separate occasions. And on bo- in both times, they were some of the worst just do your signature move matches I've ever seen. I have no expectations for this match going forward. I, ha- I don't care about the pre-tape segments that are going to come. It's probably going to be something stupid with a bunch of mirrors and something like a some damn carnival house. I don't care. I don't care who wins because it doesn't matter because the title's not on the line, so it literally doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Like in the words of the rock. Yeah. So I have. So I don't care who wins. I don't. I might. I. If I do watch the pay-per-view, because I might not be able to, depending on where I'm at on Sunday, but if I am, I'm going to turn it off when that match happens. I'm not giving them this. I'm not watching that. I will say watch it, Lisa, and then you know how bad it is. At least you have something to climb. Um, now, there's only one saving grace in this, and I'll get to it after James. I think there's a possibility that they could... Like, I feel like... As bad as this is, it can only, like the only thing you can do is just be worse and then like make it memorably worse. So I suggest that they do this match and they bring out at the end of it to make the save for Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas, and then they form themselves to a, into a tag team and known as the Wyatts instead of the Wyatt family, just the Wyatts. Oh, Wyatt? No. Why not? What, what else Bo doing? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Okay, um, they. I think the only uh, thing these, this match has working for it is these guys' pride. They know that they came out there and stunk the joint out at WrestleMania. 
both of these guys have been in the business long enough. We know Randy Orton uh, recognized when some shit's going going foul, you know. <laughs> and to get that, you know, it, it's not going to get off their resume. We're going to remember that forever. But at least it kind of ended on a, you know, it, that wasn't the end. Maybe they'll come out there and do that. And the fact, like, I don't know what a House of Horrors match is, but I'm going to assume it has no rules. Uh, and when all the chips are down, I know Randy Orton is a tough guy, like really about that life. And maybe in a no DQ type situation, this will be a little better. They can use weapons and all that. Hey, what, what if they, what if the house of horrors match is just an Ambrose Asylum match? (laughs) In the words of my, myself uh, about 10 years ago, fold it up, brother. Oh, Hold it up. That was another terrible match that we like to forget from last year. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, next match. 69 tax. 69, yeah, big deal. Next match I want to talk about is, uh, is Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Uh, Seth Rollins is on the, the Seth Rollins, uh, I'm sorry, y'all, world tour. Uh, the I'm sorry for 2017, Ruben Stuttered uh, style. Um, so, for the entire for the entire year, he's just sorry to everybody, you know, for the, for the asshole. Right, you, know the how, jerk you know how been. bad you just did it yourself. Justin Bieber just had a song that was hot in the streets called "Sorry." You can't even think of that. Sorry, I mean the funnier joke is yeah, that man sorry for the whole year, like Ruben, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> they, so you have to explain to me what what is he doing now? Okay, so he's just going around um, saying, declaring, you know, he debuted his new finisher. Um, he said he doesn't want to be like Triple H. He's been doing tag matches. Uh, he's been cutting these promos where I think they're a bit cheesy and hokey. Some people like them. Um, is trying to suck up to the audience, outlining his goals, saying he wants to be a Universal Champion again. You know, and he he's going to beat Samoa Joe up on along the way and all this other stuff. And you know, trying to be this rah rah babyface, and it's just like it's not connecting. I I don't know how you how do you feel about that, Simon? I am, uh, I feel the same way I felt about the, uh, Triple H, Seth Rollins feud. I'm bored. Like, this is, I'm looking back at, like, 2015, like, yeah, character-wise, Seth Rollins was not good, but at least the matches were better and all that other stuff. Like, every once in a while, he'd get into a, I think his promos, like, against Brock and a couple other people, he's like, okay, that's pretty good, why can't we get more of this? I'm seeing the stuff, everything I've seen to the build-up to WrestleMania, and and uh, after it, I the this guy is uh, going nowhere fast. To put mm-hmm. it lightly, mm-hmm. um, Samoa Joe is to me is not uh, like it's an interesting choice of a few for these two guys. Uh, Joe hasn't been the type to exactly like be a match of the year machine in WWE so far. Uh, with Rollins, I don't know if he's still slowed from the injury. So, seeing these two on paper, I don't think you want to beat either of these guys. So, it's an interesting match from that uh, perspective. Uh, if it's the beginning, like you know, who takes the fall here? It's got to be. It's got to be uh, Rollins who loses because he already got his revenge on Triple H, and he's not really. There's no indication of him heading back to the world title picture anytime soon. He can always, uh, he can always just, uh, they'll find some way to justify him being the world champion because wins and losses don't matter on this show anyway. The only, at the, least, one, at least, the only thing I could take exception to. The ones on Raw and SmackDown. 
The the only thing I can, can see with that is um, them not letting Samojo win because it'd be like, oh, Samo- Samojo could do what Triple H couldn't. So I, that's the only thing that like you know holds me back from picking uh, Samojo in this match. Okay, we're back. Technical difficulties, James. Yeah, that's why you should, in fact, actually have him go out there and beat uh, Seth Rollins because one. It's the first match of the feud, so if you're going to have this feud last long, you need to have the heel go over. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, you know, if you, if you're going to eventually have the, the Triple H screw screwing over Samoa Joe leading to WrestleMania 34, then you kind of have to have him do something that Triple H couldn't do to have it play into his ego because he's going to be the heel, right? Oh man, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that could be his next WrestleMania match. Could be Balor. You know, he's setting up all these guys to, to wrestle. Um, when, when's, when is when are we gonna get to the point where Triple H is done? Because because if this year if this match with Seth Rollins was any indicator, uh, and the match last year, <laughs> Triple H is gonna have this many more matches. Five. Well, for, for well for one like this like even though like the, that match drove me crazy, um, the survivor or the Rollins match drove me crazy based off of what they decided to do with the match. The match was actually technically good. Uh, they, like I have nothing good to say about that, that that shit they put on at WrestleMania 32 from the last match at WrestleMania uh, in Dallas. But um, but they, I think but the real answer for like when they're going to be done with Triple H is like I mean when he stops looking like that. Well, and who knows? And who knows when you know he's done clanging and banging and doing whatever else that goes with the clanging and banging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the guy that. Doesn't really get with the clanging and banging. Uh, the United States Champion Kevin Owens will be uh, <laughs> defending the title That's against, not fair. against Chris Jericho. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> That's a cheap shot. And <laughs> man, does all those flips and they, with that big ass body. You don't think that man's an athlete? Come on now. So, That's sorry. Not fair. Well, no, I just I mean, said he doesn't do the clanging and banging. Doesn't mean he ain't, he doesn't. You, know, you don't look at him and think athlete. Come on, I'm not saying that, he is. That's, that's aesthetics. Look, there is. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure enough, enough of y'all have know, have played enough people on the basketball court to know if they if you are playing a, uh, a a fat dude on the basketball court, and they can play ball. They are a they are a great athlete. I think y'all know that enough. Yeah. So if y'all go out there, y'all see a dude out here doing um, you know, all types of moon salts and frog splashes with that with a big ass gut. That dude is a pretty that dude is a pretty good athlete. Now. It don't look like it, but it doesn't mean he's not. But no, I, I didn't. I didn't well, say he was an athlete. What I'm he saying is, look, and he don't ever blow up either. Look, what I'm saying is, you know, it don't look like he'd be clanging and banging. Like you can, you can definitely be get your athleticism in without you know being like the Rock and you know being in the gym at 5 a.m. clanging and banging, brother out there. <laughs> like, there, there yeah, are several I ways. Instagram, and I saw like one of his workout regimens and like the stuff he had to eat. That, that, that man works out like seven times a day. Crazy. Like it's amazing. Um, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. Um, the loser will, or the, excuse me, the winner will go to SmackDown with the title. Kevin Owens will remain on winner SmackDown either way. Winner leaves town. Exactly. Like so, Chris Jericho is like, if he wins, he gets to go to the SmackDown with the title. But if Owens wins, he just stays on SmackDown. Um, I don't think this match is really needed. Um, it was a it was a good match that they put on WrestleMania. It was kind of an ending point. They did the beatdown on Jericho the next night. That would have been a perfect time to write him off. Uh, what, what do you guys think about think about this match? Is just uh, filling up space on the card, or is there something to offer here? 
literally just to fill up space on the card because, like you said, WrestleMania was the perfect little send-off. Like, he, he goes out putting over Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has a little bit of momentum from taking out because Jericho, so now he can do his own thing. And like, and it, But the fact that he's still here, it's like, okay, why? Right. Like, that that's it, this will be the equivalent of like Goldberg stuck around, It'd be like, <laughs> okay, if you're not going for okay, you're gonna get a why do you want to like you're going for a rematch for real? Like you just, you kind of proved the point already. You have nothing left to prove. Like this is kind of unnecessary. James, you got a prediction for this for this uh, match of what we're what we're gonna see on this? Pain. No, I'm Pain. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Owens is going to win. Yeah. He bet. Yeah. They, yeah. They've pretty much telegraphed this already because they've started the Kevin Owens and AJ Styles feud on SmackDown. So I don't think there's, there'll be much to see here. Like, they'll, you know, Chris Jericho will be in, a hot, in front of a hot crowd. And, you know, these guys had a, a very good match. That was my favorite match at WrestleMania um, in the initial watch uh, that they had. And they have chemistry. They'll... I feel like this is going to be a major theme of payback. A lot of the feuds haven't really been solid in the build. Everything's going to have to save everything in the ring. So, um, I got I got a question for you guys. Yeah. How much of uh, SmackDown's downfall the past two weeks do you think can be attributed to the fact that two other two of uh, or both other champions are in? going to be in feuds and matches on the Rosh pay-per-view show. Uh, I'd say that's 25%. I still give a big credit of it to majority of their roster just being taken from them. This is this is going to be funny. I don't feel like Randy Orton has really been a centerpiece of the show at all. He's just had the world title and it's kind of on ice. Owens has really been a centerpiece of the show. And everyone's kind of still like looking like, wow, this gender shit came out of nowhere. The women's division mm-hmm. is actually like has something going on there. Like they're trying to start a fire there. And the deal with Kevin Owens being the face of America, like it's been AJ and Kevin Owens kind of has been like the big thing, but there's only been so much of it. And where the fuck is Nakamura? Like they just don't let him wrestle. He wasn't on, he wasn't on TV this week either. He was on TV cutting a promo with Dolph Ziggler. And I think that was quite possibly the worst Dolph Ziggler promo of all time. Um, and I didn't see it. He straight up buried himself. Yeah. Like he bought himself. Like what did he do? Okay, so Nakamura came out, and he looked like he was going to be... He was getting interviewed by Renee Young. Out comes Ziggler, sends Renee Young off, and Ziggler asks Nakamura, tell us about yourself. Who's your, who are your idols? Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Extends the, extends the mic to him. He takes it away and says, let me tell you about him. This is the guy who, who uh, grew up in that crazy family, you know, and he, and he proceeded to fail... To mention the members of the Jackson Five, this man said Tito, Latoya, Janet, a whole bunch of other stuff. Basically alluding to the fact that he was like, "Yeah, I know." Michael Jackson was reincarnated. He was like, is that Japanese Michael wrestler. Jackson or something. He was like, he's so from wait, Gary, so Indiana. like Nakamura's supposed to be like sixty. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, and they're actually more appropriately dead. They're also starting their branding shit with Nakamura too. They're calling that man the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, bro, you know who the artist is? <laughs> English Prince. Why would they call him the artist if he's like a Michael Jackson kind of like 
you know, decisions. You know this company doesn't know. Hey, hey they all they all quiet and they all quiet and do weird shit. But <laughs> it, and meanwhile, that man is the king of strong style. Like, and they, they don't call him the king of strong style anymore. They're just doing. What the hell, strong style, pal? Right. right, the artist. Yeah, like they're out there doing that fuck ass branding. Um, one thing I want to talk about: um, the Raw Women's Championship scene. Painting stuff, bro. Huh? <laughs> this man gonna start coming out painting. <laughs> yeah. Boy, if they can fuck something up, they, I mean, they fuck Bailey up enough. Like she'll tell you about it. Um, the Raw Women's <laughs> Championship feud is Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. Now, I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons. I want to address them uh, here on the podcast uh, right now. Um, when it comes to Twitter beefs, I don't take no shit. Um, Road Dog, this is a message for you. Next time you, you want to jump in conversations and all that, just at me. We, we can talk, and I can humble your ass real quick. Uh, I didn't even recognize that he was talking to me. Uh, James had to bring it to my attention. Uh, I was talking with a guy named Vaughn Johnson. What's up, Vaughn? Uh, we were at a an impasse, I'll say, about uh, Alexa Bliss. Uh, I, I felt like this Alexa Bliss thing has gone too far. I don't think she's a very good wrestler. Uh, I don't really particularly think... I, I, I've, I've been quoted on social media as saying she's allergic to, to having good matches. Uh, I don't think she sniffed a three-star match in her life. Uh, to which Road Dog responded, uh, you know, you wouldn't know, or they're, they're, people that rate matches with stars don't know uh, them when they see them. So to you, Road Dog, I just said, I guess Jim Cornette doesn't know what the fuck a star looks like. I guess Dave Meltzer doesn't know what a star looks like. I guess we don't know the, the difference between good and bad matches. I guess, you know, all matches are the same in, in that, uh, you know, they, you know, like, what the fuck are you talking about, guy? Like, I understand you're booking SmackDown or you have some type of position and you have to be out here doing these things. But when you hop well, you in know, here... You, you look, you don't have to be on Twitter. You just have your job and shut the fuck up. Correct. I was going to say, but when you, when, when you hop on Twitter with petty motherfuckers such as myself, I will come for you. And, <laughs> and it will not be pretty. You will have to block me. Um, James, your thoughts on, on, the, on this whole situation? <laughs> Like it's it's so crazy. So it's so fun to listen to different podcasts. People that used to be with the company, like in this instance, I'm going to use. I'm going to mention Bruce Pritchard. So Bruce Pritchard will review whatever subject, and I really like when he does WrestleManias. So he'll, they'll go. Him and Conrad will go down the list of each of the build up for each, each match, and then what happens, and what they think of the match afterwards, and or what they think of certain people whenever they get brought up. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy when Preacher's honest when like a match flat out stinks that he says, "Yeah, this was this was not this was not the Heaney Streets. This was not where it's at. This is not good." Right. Um, now uh, the other stuff that Preacher will lie or or you know. Basically, just not talk about to evade. Um, like that's cool, mm-hmm. but like I mean, I know it's not cool. Like I, that that bothers me, and I'm glad that Conrad calls him out when he's just basically like now want to answer questions, legit questions. So, um, but back to lecture hand. So, if you have somebody that worked with the company, I know he doesn't work there now, but like be like, yeah, this match isn't good. 
Like, so we are you Bruce Pritchard, who you know was a part of creative when like you were there as a wrestler and all that good stuff. Like, so what are we really talking about? Like, I understand there are there are fans that are going to disagree on a lot of a lot of different things, but like, I think we can all pretty much come together and determine and be and be able to most most relatively most relative people can come together and agree like that match was good, that match was okay, that match was bad. Like, before we get into the other stuff of this match was great, this is one of the matches of the year, we can get to this match was good, this match was okay, this match was bad. I think, I think, we, can, I think we can all relatively do that and, and be relatively accurate in how we all agree on these matches go compared to even how um, the wrestlers themselves see their own work. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, that's very fair. Okay, so what are we talking about then? But you can't see you can't see star matches in the third. Like I don't like look. I don't need I don't need necessarily Dave Meltzer star rating to know like what I think about Shawn Michaels versus uh, Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker WrestleMania twenty five. I, I don't. <laughs> I, just, I don't like you know like I, and at the same end at the same end of the other coin like I don't need like I don't need Meltzer star rating to know what I think about like in, you know looking at it with two thousand seventeen eyes what. I think of Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior in WCW. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so we just, uh, yeah. so you can go from there um, wherever you want to go with that. Yeah, uh, Alexa Bliss became the number one <laughs> contender. Uh, not really a big Alexa Bliss fan here. Uh, she, I think she does uh, have some talent on the mic. Uh, she definitely presents a unique problem for the other women in the Raw uh, division because she's that much more smooth on the mic than a lot of them. Like, Sasha kind of gets tripped up as a face, and until she's a heel again, we, I don't think we'll see the best of Sasha. Bailey is an absolute disaster right now. Uh, on, not only on the mic, but just as a character, period. She's getting booed, and WWE creative, I feel like, can fuck up a cup of coffee the way they fuck Bailey up. Like, and, you know, I say that from that movie Casino. Like, you know, these guys can fuck up a cup of coffee. Uh, Simon, you got any thoughts on, on this view? They don't bring you tea. <laughs> you, Simon, you got uh, thoughts on this uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss thing and how they built this thing up? Well, uh, there hasn't really been that much of a build. It's like the biggest thing I can say is okay, we're getting closer and closer to Bailey versus Sasha, and we're gonna take a right turn at Get Alexa Bliss. My personal opinion on Alexa Bliss, just from the things I've seen, is. Like basically the same comments. Good on the mic. Pretty. Not much else. She's a good athlete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm good. Not great. Good. Okay, I suppose. But it's like I've never, I haven't seen anything where it's like, okay, this woman needs to be at the top of the business. Like, okay, you can talk. Uh, Enzo can talk, kind of. Does that mean he should be world champion? Oh, I. I think the standard has been kind of <clears throat> it was set so high from with the women were doing at NXT they've burned through all those matches and then when Alexa being the next woman that cycled in there the quality immediately changes I don't feel like I'm being unreasonable when I'm, I say okay the level with Alexa Bliss in, in there uh, is not what it was like I don't think I'm being like ridiculous when I say that you're not you're not no you're not um, 
I, I just like would like for some level of consistency with how they decide on like who are their next people are like who are the people they're going to push are based off of like what they do from even from picking women to picking men like so if the same exact person had the same exact qualities that, that Alexa Bliss maintained as a um, as a man but it was in a man's package. She would be a secondary title mid card mid card, or she would not be Jeez. somebody that would be fighting for the woman's title. She'd be in the second like so. So I look at it and like, okay, like nobody, nobody would ever like you look at WWE and how they look at it, like, oh yeah, great body, uh, attractive, um, good talker, um, good athlete, but not a great not great in the ring yet at least. And it's short as shit. Like I don't, I don't. So I don't, I don't see. Like if I told you somebody was not great in the ring, was short as shit in WWE as a male, then you'd be like, that person's never going to become champion. Right. That's a, that sounds like one of the cruiserweights, to be honest. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. But like, let's say there's no cruiserweight division, you'd be like, okay, that person got signed or whatever. They can make that person to a like that person probably tops out as a. Um, as a mid carter or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe even somebody you could throw into the main event occasionally, but he'll never be that person. Will never be champion. She's two time women's champion for SmackDown. Um, like it, it's it's just weird, and she calls people out for not being like like I remember when she called out Becky Lynch for not having a championship. Look at us like if we go by the like the way that historically Vince McMahon or any other promoter in in the in the business have have like rated dudes. Right. Like Becky Lynch will be he will be way up here as somebody as far as a, a champion, based off the women that they had on the roster, and Becky would be a notch below because of the height. Yeah. But yeah. because his women is like the weight differences don't matter unless it's like her in the ring with um, a Tamina type or Carmella or no they don't even do that they even do that with Carmella or with Becky they just made it like they did it. They're all like this, relatively the same weight class. But like, if she was in the ring with uh, Tamina or uh, Nia, then it then it would be a thing. That's the only time they play it up. It is. I find that weird. Yeah, um, we got to talk about Bailey. Um, this thing oh, with God. Bailey, as far as um, you know, a lot of the stuff Alexa was saying to her on the mic had to do with you know, essentially calling her a child. And you know, she said that Bailey never kissed a boy. And it was just like, why did you, why do you need to do this? Like, is the if you're going to say that, eventually one would think they're going to make Bailey kiss a boy on screen. What direction? So? Yes. What direction are they taking? All right, we're back from some technical difficulties. We actually had Simon leave us. He's actually experiencing some weather issues in this part of the country. But um, we're going to keep it going from here. Um, with this thing with Bailey, um, I would assume that that line was put in there because they're going to try to attempt a drastic shift with Bailey's character. What do you make of this, James? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm, I've already... I've heard your thoughts on it. Like, if there's a transition, I, I would like to know like what the transition is into exactly. Like, is it okay? Her personality, her her character is that she's basically like 
a little girl. Just happy to be here. Just living her like dream. Like a naive young girl. Still. And then now she's going to be, like, I, like is the kiss going to mature, to mature her into a woman? Because if so, then, like, that means you kind of have to, like, completely break up the Bailey gimmick. She has to, like, get rid of the macho woman stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought we all were on board with macho woman stuff as the reason why she should, like, you know, have the Bailey Bears and be this person that can connect to, like, the, the teenage and younger women in the audience. I... Like, what happened to that? Like, um, maybe they think that it's burned out uh, because they have done an awful job in presenting her, and maybe this is an attempt to save her. I don't see it, and I'm kind of concerned about it uh, for for her long-term prospects. Uh, she could definitely, like, the I, when, when that, that whole kiss and romance thing, like, they wouldn't do this with the men. And anytime you start doing stuff with the women you wouldn't do with the men, there's cause for concern. Um, well, I would say there'd be cause for concern if... I would say it'd be cause for concern as far as the booking. The characters, like, unless you're making the characters, like, the women characters, like, be some type of, like, over... over irrational, over-emotional, weak-minded, or, or, or stupid, then I don't really, I don't really, you know, like, those would be my only issues and concerns. Um, but, I, I guess, I mean, I, 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 it's just, I mean, she's all, all I've ever seen is, like, you know, what we've seen from Bailey, so, like, it's just kind of hard to imagine, like, what it could be besides that. Right. So, I mean, maybe that's the reason why it's kind of, like, weird. Like, maybe, you know, maybe this is a change for the better. I just assume that, like, she would at least have gotten a run, uh, like, a run of, like, two or three years with this before they would have had to change up or done something more. Or maybe or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's a thing of she's not going to be, a, she's not going to be naive or whatever, and she's going to be more mature, but she's still going to be, like, she's still going to have the same aesthetic. Maybe that maybe just a, a, a shift in personality. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but like I don't. But I don't. But I'll say this: I don't think the way to get it is is for a kiss. Like, like that's gonna get booed. Yeah. Like and like Bailey's already kind of struggling right there. If you start putting her romance angles, that kind of, as you said, it kind of does away the gimmick. Uh, their I mean, match. Maybe. I mean, maybe there's a situation where they can do something where. She quote unquote gets her. She gets her heart broken by somebody by, by the person that gives a kiss in the long run that gets her over. Oh my god! She might fire up or turn heel or you know or people have sympathy for her. Maybe that. Oh maybe gosh. maybe that. But there's no way they can do um, this right. Like I don't trust but, them with love stories. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust them doing long stories. A long story angle based off around like a kiss, like getting sympathy. Like that. I mean, I just it seemed. I'm, I'm skeptical that they can pull it off. That's all. I mean, it could work. Could they make it work? They have to be really committed to it and actually, like, really have some type of nuance to it, which you're not good at it. Like, they, they're typ- their nuance typically is, like, you know, as as subtle as a gun. Yeah. But we'll see. They're just heavy-handed. We'll see if they can have a, a, light t- a lighter touch to it if, if that's where they actually go with this stuff. To end it off, we got uh, the other two championship matches. We have the Raw Tag Team Championships uh, between the Hardy Boys and Sheamus and 
uh, Hardy Boys and Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, the last two weeks have featured singles victories. Uh, Jeff Hardy defeated Sheamus and Matt, or excuse me, Jeff Hardy defeated Cesaro and Matt Hardy defeated Sheamus uh, via kind of look look away shenanigans. Um, it, so they are going in defending the belts against these guys. I smell title chains. Change, James. That'd be stupid. But at the same, okay. So if this was like six months from now and they did and they did this, then I would smell, be like it's a title change. But one, right. I think that'd be a really, really, really stupid idea for them to be Sheamus Cesaro. But at the same time, like maybe this is the maybe this is the like what precipitates their breakup. Finally. Correct. And, and, and um, I think WWE's trying to like, get to the broken stuff immediately. No, 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 well, I meant for Seamus Cesaro to break up. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But the thing for me that, like, in my mind, you would you would say, all right, well, if they're going to have, they're in a tag, they're, they're both tag teams, um, we're going to have each of them in particular singles matches with who are, with the other, with another member of the other tag team in, in two weeks leading up to it. You would assume that the Hardys, and this is why I say, like, maybe it would be different if it's six months from now, if this was six months from now, because, like, you would um, automatically assume that you would just beat the Hardys, and then the setup is, well, the Hardys are a tag team that have traveled the world, been back and forth, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame tag team that have won these belts because they're all, because they're, the sum is always better than the individual, is greater than the individual of their parts. So, they, you know, because of chemistry and whatnot, they should be able to overcome, or they have a fighting chance against Sheamus and Cesaro, who are the better individual wrestlers. Right. That's how it should have been. But they just got back here, so they didn't want to beat them. But then you know how WWE books, and you just assume, like, because they won these two individuals, they swept them, that they're like, shenanigans could be on display for Sheamus and Cesaro winning. Correct. I mean, if I were them... I would choose. I would choose to be like, all right. Well, they just lost to these dudes individually. They lost to these dudes as a tag team. It's time to break up. All right. Uh, the the only thing about it on TV is that they've presented Sheamus and Cesaro as kind of unified as ever. Um, they're calming each other down. Uh, one week, Sheamus offered his hand. They they're doing a lot of handshaking between because uh, it is a face versus face feud. So. It would be Sheamus shaking hands with Jeff Hardy one week, Cesaro getting pissed about it. The next week, uh, Cesaro shaking hands, Sheamus getting pissed about it, like, or trying to calm Cesaro down. Like, So they're doing a lot okay, of this so, stuff. Okay, so if that's the case, they're doing the handshakes, could it be a case where they lose at the end? In turn. And then they, and then they both turn on the Hardys? They could. That's also in play. Okay. Um, they if they did like some type of a crazy beatdown, then maybe you get another month out of this. But who knows? I'm I'm anticipating title change in you know some some type of shenanigans and Matt Hardy snaps after, and then we get into this broken brilliance. So um, the the match I think is going to have a blow away match. Uh, Neville and Austin Aries. Uh, not really too much here. These guys, um, you know, delete. Delete. I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I just wanted to keep doing the lead over the oh, uh, over the camera. This, this guy, was funny. Um, the, yeah, Neville and Austin Aries, like they've you know 
they've had obviously we know they didn't make the WrestleMania card. They had to do it on the pre-show. Well, now they're going to do it live. You know, as, as yeah. Bill O'Reilly says, uh, who also had gotten that shit can also. Um, they, uh, <laughs> um, I think these guys are going to have a phenomenal match. Uh, but once again, Austin Aries will bend the knee uh, to the King Neville, and maybe we can get Neville versus Tozawa next. The Cruiserweights badly need a shakeup of their feuds. They've turned TJ Perkins heel finally, uh, and he's like Neville's like young boy essentially, and <laughs> and um. I, I think they just need a little bit of freshness in that scene. You could give Austin Aries the title and then run it back, but I feel like, you know, the Neville level is something that, you know, only one guy is on. So let him go all the way around the division uh, and let him do his thing. Uh, there's Miz TV with Finn Balor on there. That should be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know exactly why they would do this. Miz doesn't have a They're feud. not doing Ambrose Miz? They're not doing Ambrose Miz, who've been programmed together uh, throughout um, the month. Pretty much Dean Ambrose has been dropping them with Dirty D's DDTs after Miz has cussed them out. And they kind of cut Miz off too early, like right as he's getting warmed up. And it do- it hasn't been quite connecting like how it probably would have on SmackDown for whatever reason. Uh, I- this has been a really lackluster build, um, if you're not gathering this, James. Um, payback oh, is... I've gathered. I've gathered plenty. <laughs> There's just not much uh, really to be excited about Like as far as the storytelling. Like I said, these matches are going to have to save themselves Like the because creative didn't do them any favors. Uh, if you look up and down the card... Uh, I'll be on Chad Matthews' show following this, so I'll have a chance to do a full review there, and then we'll come back next week with it. But um, the, what else you had uh, going on lately? You've been watching the playoffs? Yes, been watching a lot of NBA playoffs. Um, been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it, it's been real fun to actually get to see Giannis Antetokounmpo, like, real live in action without, like, only watching like the highlights and being like, my God, this dude is a freak of, of nature. Uh-huh. Um, it's been real fun to actually see him like, you know, doing crazy stuff like dribbling the ball like twice to actually from half court to the rim to dunk or like blocking blocking shots with his like blocking shots into with his elbow. With his elbow. Yeah. Or you know just just dunk you know just like with ease dunking on Ibaka like he's he's, he's been a real like just like that open court like majesty of him like just like I said to you like I've said to you this before like I think LeBron James is the best open court player of all time um like I know it's year 14 or whatever but like I think Giannis is like may may have surpassed him as like at least currently right now where he is as far as like where LeBron is at his age compared to what Giannis is doing now uh-huh. like and that's that's really high praise because like I mean like I like I mean we just saw LeBron like have you know have you know the the fighting play of the freaking NBA finals on a fucking blockable shot. Like that's what we're talking about. That's what we're taking we're talking about over court players and like that's where Giannis is. And then John Wall is just that boy is so good. Like I remember maybe a couple years ago we were like, is he ever gonna be as good as we thought he could be? And like he's and then like after watching game one of the of the of uh Against Atlanta is like, bro. Like, not only is he ever been as good as we thought he was gonna be, like he might be better. Like, 
the balance of of Noah Wendell, like, go get buckets yourself and with a set up teammates, like, he's like, like, just from watching this series, like, he's he clearly has his mind straight on, like, he has a right dialogue in his mind, like, when it's time to go, when it's time to settle back, when it's time to set up teammates, like, and him and Bill, for all the talk they had over the offseason of, uh, of, like, who's making how much money and who, and who isn't, like... Who's number two? They coexist pretty well. They, they coexist pretty well. You know, you know, you know what probably happened? They, po- they both... Someone, someone probably got them each to tell the other one that they're number one. And then the same thing, so, like, so, a mutual so third party... So my question for you is this. If that's the case, who were all you people that told John Bill that he had to go bend the knee? <laughs> in, your, in your terminology. You know, uh, because John Wall, is that, John Wall is absolutely that dude, bro. He's absolutely that dude. Like, like, like John, we all know you're the man. Like, here's the pitch right here. John, we all know you're the man. You know, you're our franchise player. We took you number one overall. You've been with the team since 2010. We rebuilt this team in your image. You know, but we also, you know, we feel there's value in Brad as well. And, and you know deep down that, that you guys have, have talent and all that. And to make sure that he's operating on the peak level, we have to classify his ego. We know who the man is, John. We we know it's you, baby. You know, but what we which, what we just want you to do, you know, and, and we, we took care of you well financially. And we plan on, you know, taking care of you even more. You know, we're just going to let you make him feel like he's the man. That's the pitch. <laughs> but but we know, now, baby. We, we know, Wall, baby. No, no, what's the pitch to Brad Bill to, for, Jim, for Bill to be like, look, bro, you got to, you got to, like, John Wall's a guy. All right. You got to be the me. All right. Um, you, got to say, you got to say it to him. You got to say it to Wall, too. Yeah, like, you got to say it to Wall, too. You know, it'd be like, you know, we might have took, you know, we, we we drafted John Wall first, but we drafted you second, you know, and, and had you come along, you know, back then, we would have made you the man, you know. Uh, you know, we know what it is. We know who we paying the big bucks to, even though it's a flat-out lie, because that's just based on all the yeah. years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the contract money blew up before, like, when John Wall signed his deal to you before it blew up. He's like, you are a franchise player. When, when you pull up to the bank... You know, when we pull out this salary cap roster, let, let who has the highest number, Brad? You do. You have the highest numbers. You are the man on this roster. And we just got to get John to, to figure that out, to, to, you know, to acquiesce, you know, to learn how we're doing things now. There was a way we were doing things before you showed up. And now there's a way that we're going to do things after you showed up. So, there's your pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just foolish. I think I need a fish man, but okay. What's you up? say so. I, I, look, I, look, knowing how John Wall is, bro, there's no... That, look, I think it would have came down to if they put them boys both in a room or in a gym and they gave him one basketball and said, y'all gonna have to play for it. And I think John Wall whooped that man ass every time they play and he, had to, he finally had to concede and Bill finally had to concede and he was better, so, that Wall was better than him. So, so they played a, a one-on-one game up, up with no uh, point totals like as far as like you play until you quit? Like ain't, ain't no nah, 211? No, nah, no. Nah, I think it was keeping, I think it was keeping uh, count but like John Wall kept beating like it, that man it over, no and over and over so he had to so he had to finally bend the knee. He finally gotcha. he got it. Gotcha. Like you ever hear the story about like 
they were saying Scotty was Scotty was getting out of pocket with Jordan, and Jordan basically like made a point like the rest of practice like to score him at will. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, whoa, I, Mike. That, I mean, I don't know if it came to that extent, but I think it was a point where it's like, look, man, I'm better than you. You know, I'm better than you. I don't give a damn what this contract or this con this little piggly contract you just signed says. Look, if like I think that might you know you know for a lesser person that might drive them insane. Yeah, like. I think I think if there were ten other John Walls in the league in that situation, I think probably like six of them also go insane over this, like a la Sean Kemp. Yeah, like you mean you gonna give Jim McElveen this money and not me? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll just lay it down. <laughs> but um, okay, it is. Yeah, uh, the we had, we saw a sweep of the Blazers by the Warriors. We saw the uh, Rockets defeat the. Thunder after Russell Westbrook's historic efforts. Um, they need to give that man some damn help. Um, who else we got? We had the Celtics looking like the worst number one seed in recent memory. Um, Cavs came out here and got another sweep, or LeBron got another sweep. Um, <laughs> I think the Bucks and the Raptors are kind of up in flux. I think the Bucks might match up a little bit better with the Cavs. But it's probably going to end up being a Raptors that plays them. So, we'll see. Say that? But, like... Just because they're tall. Know. They're tall and they can they can switch on all those shooters and cover those guys. Right. But the issue is they can't score no points. And, like, at the same time, like, the Bucks can't shoot for shit. So, like, if they can't shoot for Walk shit, then Cleveland has a better chance of actually guarding them hey. as opposed to having to deal with, I know... I know it's funny to even bring up, like, Kyle Lowry actually doing anything well in the playoffs. But, like... Let's say he doesn't absolutely suck, right? Let's say he's fine. You still have the Rosen, like you still have a Bach out there, like you still have like all these pieces that, like on paper, all right. match up in with the Cavs. But it's just the thing, like, well, who knows what either one of those crazy Toronto guards are going to do? So, you mean to tell me the Bucks don't match up better? I'm gonna tell you why the Bucks match up better. All right, so so who's on the guy? Giannis, Giannis got a heart. Actually, okay, okay, look, look. Other two jokers. We have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Okay, we got him. And then who else? Who's on the Bucks roster that used to be on the Cavs? Oh, Delhi. <laughs> he knows all Kyrie's moves. He's been studying that man for years and just waiting to come back and rough him up. And who else do they have on that team? They have Malcolm Brogdon. You know what that sounds like? You know a lot like? They have Malcolm Brogdon who dunked all over LeBron James, who remembers this earlier in the season. Yeah, I'm on that man. Decent. That's all I got, though. I mean, my whole thing is like, what happens when they start making threes? I mean, how you gonna ma- you gonna be matching? You gonna match all them like them barely twos that go in with all those threes? Hey man, I, they got a lot of seven foot guys. I'm gonna tell them dudes to stand straight up and say, hey, make them shoot over that. So, all right. Um, well, yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding with a lot of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we we. You know, it's going to be an interesting playoffs. I'm sure we'll be back to preview the finals uh, later on uh, in the next coming months. Uh, Ghost Bears. Um, I am, yeah, I, I am. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention uh, the Clippers and, and the Curse. 
Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead and do your, go ahead and get your shit in. Okay. So as you know, y'all y'all folks might know, uh, I am a Los Angeles Lakers fan. Uh, I have been for damn near twenty years. Um, they have been on some hard times as of late. You know, uh, we 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 changed uh, the front office out finally. Uh, about you know five years ago, we had a chance to avoid all this uh when we traded for chris paul uh we traded andrew or we traded lamar odom and Pau Gasol, uh guys who had just won nba championships with us uh, a couple of years prior uh major parts of our team blow it up and give uh kobe bryant by far the best point guard he would have ever played with and the best player that Chris Paul would have ever played with. And they went ahead in the league. They, fuck niggas, overruled it for basketball reasons. Uh, and those reasons came from Dan Gilbert of the Cavs, who was so against these super teams being stacked up, uh, when we acquired our guys through trades and you know that were approved by the general managers of the other team. But... They went ahead and traded Chris Paul to the Clippers, and from then on, Chris Paul was cursed. Cursed by what, you may ask? Cursed by me. As long as uh, Chris Paul is in a Clipper uniform, he will not prosper. He will lose in the second round, maybe even the first some years. Or news will just go down every year, and it will be a situation where it's like, wow, Chris Paul is sitting up there at that press conference looking sad, like his dog died. And... This being a year, uh, the Clippers went ahead and they had Blake Griffin get injured this time. Uh, so they're down 3-2 to two right now against the Utah Jazz, and they're going into Utah for Game 6. I don't like their chances, and until Chris Paul gets out of that Clipper uniform, he will never win, he will never prosper, because I will not let it happen. And the second he, he leaves the Clippers, the second he leaves the Clippers, it'll be all good because he shouldn't have never been there in the first place. Okay, you done? I am finished. Okay, so just just for those at home, uh, Chris Paul in this series is averaging twenty seven points, five point six rebounds a game, ten point four assists per game, two two steals, whatever. That's that's Chris Paul typical thing. But more, most importantly, from the field, 53%. From three, 44%. From the free throw line, 91%. He's averaging 20, 21, 6, and 10 with 50, 40, 90. And they're going to blame him. So that's, 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 that's bullshit. That's all I have to say. I mean, they should have brought the Clippers up last year. You know, they ran it back this year thinking they were going to be closer. No, the fuck they weren't. Uh, They would have got beat like a drum in round two. Uh, Everybody thought it would be the Western Conference Finals, but, you know, they actually didn't turn out to be that good, Uh, which, you know, isn't a shock at all because Doc Rivers only likes to bring players in that, you know, he went against before the year 2009 in the East. And they foolishly thought thought they were going to get 140 games from from, – Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. No, can't expect that. And it just like you know, DeAndre Jordan came back uh, this year, and you know, 
he never really quite developed into that offense of guy they could really uh, count on. And the Clippers was all, have always kind of had that short and, bench. And for the six-year-old, Jamal Crawford and or uh, J.J. Redick fold up in the playoffs. Origami style. Uh, like, there are certain guys, in, uh, there are certain guys, and I think this to an extent is what happened to Harden um, in times where he struggled in the playoffs, is that when you're that guy that gets over on, gets over on rest during the regular season with bullshit, like once, once the playoffs start, they stop calling the bullshit on you, your numbers fall off a cliff. So, like, Kyle Lowry's one of those guys. Lou Williams is one of those guys. He's actually, like, you know, much to his credit, he, he's actually performed very well in his playoffs. But, like, historically, he's always been bad at playoffs because he couldn't get away with any of that bullshit. And Harden at certain points, same thing. J- Jamal Crawford is one of those guys as well, where he gets, you know, all of the and ones off of three-pointers and been other shit like that. So, like, come playoff time, that shit goes out the window. You don't get those calls like you used to. Uh, I'm really excited for round two in the East because we're one step closer to Celtics Wizards, and that is going to be a bloodbath. Those two teams hate each other. Remember earlier in the year when they were showing up wearing the all-black going into Boston and it was going to be a funeral? Mm-hmm. Well, it's about to be on because the Celtics just uh, defeated the Bulls. Uh, they're up 3-2 to two now, so it looks like the Bulls spotted them two games and then they're going to come back and sweep them. So... Um, yeah. Very excited to see where the playoffs go from here. Um, hopefully Durant gets healthy. So I don't want I don't want any excuses uh, when you know for, for for any of these teams. You know I want I want to see healthy guys going at it. Uh, don't want to see nobody get rolled up on. You know take their losses like men. You know and and none of this bullshit. Well, too late for that. Look, Blake Griffin down. Uh, your boy missed two games. Tony. Uh, 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 Stifle Tower in Utah. Rudy, Rudy Gobert. French, yeah, Frenchy. Yeah, I call him French. That's so racist. Uh, Rudy Gobert, he, uh, he, he missed what, two games of the series? Three games of the series? He missed two. Off of that, off of that fluke injury. Uh, Durant missed the game. Tony Allen hasn't played a, a, a single minute in the, in the, uh, San Antonio Memphis series. Like, you, you look. I don't think I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to score forty three points and go nuts like he did in, uh, in that game four at the end. Uh, if Tony Allen's out there, that's first team all defense. He ain't gonna play that shit. He might get thirty five. He ain't getting forty three. So, um, but yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll we'll check in if something crazy happens in the playoffs. We'll come back before the finals, but you know. We do the finals thing here. Uh, but this is One Nation Radio. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, enjoy the payback preview. Thank you to Simon for coming on. Uh, we'll probably be back uh, later this uh, or next month with one of our mailbag editions again. Um, make sure you guys check out socialsuplex.com. Uh, trying to get some more columns uh, up there. Uh, I've been trying to find time to write all these stuff. i got a lot of ideas in mind. Um, Y'all got to watch Jinder Mahal on SmackDown. Uh, y'all don't have to do that to yourselves. Feel free to watch NBA basketball. Um, <laughs> let us just watch that bullshit and report on it. Or let me uh, watch that. Don't do this to yourselves. Um, if you're out here riding for that gender shit, this is unbelievable. You guys are wrong. You know this. And sorry to everybody at ESPN that, that out there ended up getting cut today. Uh, this is the day they let everyone, a bunch of folks go. 
so hopefully all those folks find new employment, including Danny Cornell, who him and Fox Sports 1 will have honeymoon-like sex uh, once they are united um, all night. Yeah. I think I think in the text I sent to you about that is almost like um like him ending up at him ending up at Fox One is similar to Malcolm ending up at Mecca. Yeah. So yeah. Excuse me, not Fox similar. News, Fox Sports One. Uh, big difference. Well, not that big, but you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's gonna wrap up that's the show. <laughs> that's gonna wrap up the show. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> Peace. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.